everyone in the Guf HaMashiach, in the body of Messiah, wants an identity and a purpose. Every single one of us want to be able to say, this is who I am. This is the thing that defines me. This is where I belong. In many ways, what we're essentially saying is, this is the box that you can put me in. Ladies and gentlemen, God shows us how big he is. Through the incredible diversity that we have all throughout the earth, there's roughly 8 billion people on the face of the earth and no two people exactly the same in their personality, their interests, their looks, or anything else. This is the concept of Nishmat Chaim. Nishmat Chaim literally translates to breath of life. But within that of Hasidus and Hasidus thought, it is also known as a divine spark from Hashem, a piece of himself that he has put within each and every single person that makes them unique, that makes them different, so that the world can see how big God really is. That he put a piece of himself in every single person that is alive today and every single person that has ever lived. This is known as Nishmat Chaim. But we have become so accustomed in the Western civilization to be within a box, to say, put me in this box. I belong in this box. This identifies me. We have become so accustomed to that. So when a person starts to adopt some sort of semblance of observance of the ways of God, they say, what do I call myself? What am I? I'm pursuing these things. I don't necessarily agree with some of the things that I was taught before because at that time, yeah, I was taught against the Shabbos. I was taught against kashrot, kosher, you know, all these things. So I don't know who I am. I was in this very boat myself early in my walk. And I jumped from group to group to group to group. And one of the ones that is very prominent and one of the first places I started was something that is horribly detrimental. And it is known as the two house movement. The two house movement seeks to give a person 
who is pursuant of the Torah some sort of identity right from the get-go? Well, because of the prophecies in Ezekiel 37, this means you are one of those lost tribes that is returning because the fact that you have this pursuance of the Torah, this is something spiritual, this is something that is prophesied about, this is what is taught. Okay, I don't have much of an issue with that. What I do have an issue with, however, is when they take it to whatever your skin color is, then identifies you. Where it is that your ancestry came from. Are you from Africa? Well, then you're Jewish. Are you from Europe? Well, then you're a British Hebrew Israelite. Are you from Germany? You're part of the Aryan nation. <laughs> Are you from, do you have Native American blood? Well, they were, they were the lost tribes. This is where things get very, very goofy. Extremely goofy. Now, it's important to note that in the book of Yeshiyahu, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12, and it says that he shall raise up a nest. What is a nest? It's a banner. It also means to send a signal for the goyim, for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Yehuda from the four corners of Haaretz. It says that Judah was dispersed to the four corners of the earth. The fact is, the skin color that you are, where it is that you grew up, or where it is that your family ancestry is from, holds no sort of identity into who it is that you are as a believer in the Messiah and your place in the Elom Haba. It holds nothing there. The fact is, there are black Jews. The fact is, there are white Jews. There are Asian Jews, Middle Eastern Jews, Russian Jews, Spanish Jews, all over the four corners of the earth. This is where it is that we get the ideas of black Hebrew Israelitism, British Hebrew Israelitism, and the Aryan nation that was started in Germany of the perfect human race. The idea of it, that is, that, um, yeah, horribly flawed, very racist, but um, it is taking that same pattern and saying, well, because the fact that you are this, that means you're a Levite, that because you're from here and all this stuff, you are pursuant of the Torah of Hashem. Maybe not pursuant of Hashem himself and the Messiah Yeshua, but because of the fact that you are pursuant of the Torah, which first of all should be a red flag. 
then that means you are one of these lost tribes. The problem is that within Jewish history, we have the words of Philo, who said, after the exile ended, wait a minute, the exile, yeah, yeah, there were several exiles, by the way. The one that was talked about in Ezekiel did end. All the tribes assimilated into Judah. Because of this, all tribes are Jews. We also have this mentioned in Esther chapter 2, verse 3. Now in Shushan, the capital there, was an Ish Yehudi Shlomo, Mordechai ben Yair ben Shamni ben Kish a Benyami. Wait a minute, a tribe or a Jew from the tribe of Judah? Mordechai was a Jew from the tri- I'm sorry, a Jew from the tribe of Benjamin. Many people go and associate Jews with only one tribe, with Judah. Because before the exile ended, the term Jew wasn't really a thing. But then when they all assimilated into Judah, they said, who are these people? Well, they're Israel, a.k.a. Jews. There's a lot of history that we have to look at that is both secular and religious history in order to see this premise of supposed lost tribes accurately. There's a movement today where it is that people, for some reason, gravitate towards Ephraim because of that prophecy in Ezekiel 37, not realizing that it had already happened. Within Revelation chapter 7, we have the 144,000 who come and gather, who have the mark of Hashem. In terms of Ephraim, and we'll read that passage here in a second, but in terms of Ephraim, Ephraim went apostate. They went rogue and there were some that assimilated into Judah. There are some that assimilated. But there was not this collective amnesia that many people think had to have happened. What? what? Yeah, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish? I never knew this, you know. Uh, no, we all just totally forgot that this happened in an instant. All of us just totally forgot that we were that we were Jewish. How'd that happen? You know, but in Revelation chapter seven verses five through eight, it says, "On the Shabbat of Yehuda, twelve thousand haven't been sealed. Of the Shabbat of Rev, uh, of Reuven, twelve thousand of the Shabbat of Gad, twelve thousand of the Shabbat of Asher, twelve thousand of the Shabbat of Naphtali." 12,000 of the Shavat of Manasseh, 12,000 on the Shavat of Shimon, 12,000 of the Shavat of Levi, 12,000 of the Shavat of Yesachar, 
12,000 of the Shavat of Zevalin, 12,000 of the Shavat of Yosef, 12,000 of the Shavat of Benjamin, 12,000. Where is Ephraim? Not mentioned. Not mentioned at all. And this right here should really be concerning. This should be very concerning in terms of a person wanting to attach themselves because somebody says, guess what? You're one of the lost, lost tribes. You're Ephraim. No DNA test is going to show you this. No sort of um, proclamation of some religious leader is going to make it so. Instead, instead, this right here is words from the Mishnah Torah. In Hilchot Melchim 12.2, it says in there, in the days of King Messiah, the days of King Messiah. This is something that all of us could identify with. When his kingdom is established and all of Israel are gathered into it, the ancestry of each one of them will be confirmed by Messiah through the Holy Spirit, which will rest upon him as it is written. He will sit as a smelter and purifier of silver and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And he will first purify the children of Levi and say, this one has priestly ancestry and this one has Levitical ancestry. And he will disqualify from priesthood. Any who are not descendant from Israel as it is written in Ezra chapter two, verse 63, the governor said to them, that they should not eat from the most un, from the most holy things until a priest stood up with Urim and Thummim. From this you learn that those presumed to be from a certain lineage will be confirmed and those established lineages will be announced by the Holy Spirit. And he will not merely establish ancestry of Israel, but from each tribe he will announce that this one is from such and such a tribe and this one from such and such a tribe. Again, that is from the Mishnah Torah. Hilachot Melachim 12.3 I understand the, feel, the feeling of having to have an identifier. Say, this is me. I am a part of this right here. We all want that. When we apply for a job, we all want a job title. What is my job? Well, I'm a server. I'm a cashier. I'm a manager. I'm this or that, you know, all these things. I, we, we are so 
used to having our role spelled out for us. We have become so accustomed to that ideal. And so this is also true in our religious life. It's so interesting because the Apostle Paul, the Shaliach of Yeshua, talks about those who are not Jewish outwardly, but they are inwardly. What exactly does he mean by that? What does he mean by that? Is he advocating for conversion? No. In many cases, we see him advocating strictly against conversion because that is what the followers of Shammai wanted. He was trained in the ways of Hillel because he studied under Gamliel, who was Hillel's grandson. This inward jewelry that he speaks of, and he says to hold on to the to the theology of the Jews, as we see in Romans chapter 3, for they hold the oracles of Hashem, is very important. Very important. Because if we understand Semitic idiom, the word Yehudi has within it the word hold. The word hold means to be consecrated. And then you have a double yod. The double yod is used. We have a yod at the beginning and a yod at the end. Okay? That's what I mean by the double yod. And then within there, we have the word hold. Okay? So the word of, the, of a double yod that we have left over is something that is used in the Targumim. Why? What does it mean within the Targumim? Every time the four-letter name is used. The supplication is a double yod. So the word Yehudi does not mean one who comes from the tribe of Judah. Like many have spoken, have written blogs about, talked about on YouTube. Instead, it is one who is consecrated unto that of Hashem. This is something that is spoken at length about in Hasidic literature and Kabbalistic literature, such as the Zohar. The writings of Paul Philip Levertov, who was a believer in the Messiah Yeshua, and who also helped to translate the Zohar into German. There is extensive history on this very thing. This is why it is that conversions happen and conversions are authentic. For as it says in Perkei Vos, within the Mishnah, it said, more blessed is the convert because they had chosen to take upon themselves the yoke of the Torah. The thing is that our identity is not within to what halakhic standard we hold the Torah of Hashem. It is not even in the Torah of Hashem. 
You could be the ultimate mensch. You could be on the highest mandrega of Torah scholarship and of application. But guess what? It means nothing. Why is that? Well, one of the things that even the beginner should know is that if you are a member of something like Chabad, then you are tied to that of Menachem Mendel Schneerson, the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Though he has been dead for many years, they look to the Rebbe in terms of their very own identity. The words from the Messiah Yeshua, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes through the Father, but through me is a very rabbinic statement. The same is true for that of Breslev, Rebbe Nachman. Always go to Rebbe Nachman. What does Rebbe Nachman say about this? That's how it is that Breslev approaches halakhic interpretation. Well, not just halakhic. The, hal- the halakha is pretty much tied down by that of uh, the Mishnah. But we apply, they would apply the principles of Rebbe Nachman when having to bring about new halakha for new things that have been invented and so on and so forth. I love how it is that Dr. Phil Goebel's translation of the New Testament is written because it refers to Yeshua as Rebbe Melech HaMashiach. Yeshua HaNotzri is our Rebbe. In fact, the Shaliach of Hashem, Shaul, the Shaliach of Mashiach, Shaul, says that our identity, our identity is in Mashiach. That is our identity. Judaism sees it the same way person from Chabad, their identity is in the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Breslev. If you're a member of a Breslev uh, shul, your identity is within that of Rebbe Nachman. The same is true, and it's a very Jewish premise. Our identity is not in these splinter groups. It's not in these tribes because at that time, you know, many, many, many years ago, if there was such a thing as collective amnesia and uh, everybody forgot what tribe they were from, you mean to tell me for close to 3,000 years, people never married 
outside of their tribe, which would cause them to lose tribal lineage. This is why it is that we have the halakha of adoption and being grafted in to a particular tribe at that time when it is that a child was adopted. If the parents were from the tribe of Levi and they adopt a son, well, guess what? That child doesn't matter what his ancestry was. He is considered to be a tribe of Levi or a part of the tribe of Levi. This is something that if we wanted to get into a textual criticism argument of whose lineage is talked about in Matthew, we could uh, come up with some really interesting stuff there in terms of that through that particular halakha. This is a lot to do with the grafting in that Paul talks about as well. How it is that we are grafted in to Israel, not from the Torah of Hashem, not from all the Torah law that we keep, but instead because of the fact that we have a Rebbe, a Rebbe that said to go out into the nations and our identity is in the greatest Sadiq of all time who is still with us today, Yeshua HaNotsri. Thank you very much for joining us here today. I want to wish you Shalom Bracha, peace and a blessing. Shalom.